Welcome to Jaguars Thursday. Former Jaguars Jeff Logeman and Tony Baselli bring you expert insight and analysis of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Now to get things started, here's the host of Jaguars Thursday, J.P. Shadrick. And Jaguars Thursday, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logeman, Tony Baselli at some point. Jags-Steelers coming up Sunday, 105, the kickoff time at Heinz Field. Blake Bortles versus Ben Roethlisberger. Lavian Bell versus Leonard Fournette. Well, not head-to-head, of course. but you know, No, that would be Leonard Fournette versus Mike Mitchell. Yes, and then, yeah, yes, part two. I like it. Mm-hmm. Come on, get you some, mm-hmm. big boy. Uh, and That'll then be a rematch of sorts. Of course, Jaguars defense against Big Ben. You got uh, Jalen Ramsey against uh, Brown on the outside, or Boye if they want. Well, yeah, or yeah, like whatever. Three or, other three guys, <laughs> yeah. you know, like the radio guy in Pittsburgh we were yeah. talking to. How many guys are going to cover Antonio Brown? Sure, uh, one. Yeah, one guy. Um, Tony Baselli is with us now on the line from. Uh, where are you, Tony? I'm at places unknown. It's top secret, undisclosed location. Undisclosed hey, location. You're very clear. Actually, though. I'm in Miami. I had some. Yeah, I did uh, some work to do in Miami that came up that I could not avoid. So I am uh, joining uh, from down here. So mm-hmm. the video should come up. Tell Max to get the video going. We'll, we'll work on that, yeah, on Jaguars.com uh, coming up. We're talking earlier. This, I mean, it's a playoff game, obviously. So the the spotlight's on this football team a little bit more. How many radio hits have you done this week, Tony, with other stations? A bunch. Uh, more than I could even get to. I mean, the, a ton of uh, hits for this game. Plus, I'm doing the uh, right. Philly Atlanta game, so yeah. I got hits for that as well. So it's my inbox is quite full because <laughs> I know Jeff's is as well. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. We actually just talked about this a little bit ago. I got a question from a guy on a radio station in Pittsburgh, and you'll get a kick out of this. He asked me uh, uh, who and how many. People are going to cover Antonio Brown this week. Let me repeat that. Um, he, he asked me uh, who and how many Jaguars would be covering Antonio Brown this week. And that would be one. <laughs> no matter how many times you ask that, it's one. Exactly. <laughs> I got a I kick mean, out of that now. I mean, who? what kind of question is that? I, I mean, don't know. Have, have they not watched football this year? That's kind I mean, of Jalen Ramsey is pretty good. Well, I I kind of I didn't answer in a very polite fashion. I don't think how what how did I do, JP? You you heard Shocking. my answer. Was it was it rude? No, I didn't think it was that rude. It wasn't rude, no. but it was like it was just a log of an answer, you know. Okay, a little you know. I could have been rude. Gruff, maybe a, yeah, a little term. gruff, but not yeah. rude, right? But that's log. Okay, that's okay. I didn't want to be yeah. rude. No, but I wanted to <laughs> to make them feel like. That's a really dumb question. Yeah. But it was. It's it, it tells you about the storylines of this game nationally though, right? I mean everybody's all Steelers all the time and, of course. and that's the way it is. And it Paul, doesn't matter right? what happened back in October. No, it's no, just no, the no, way no. it is. They, that's yeah. long that's long since gone out of people's mindset, Tony. All right, uh, Tony Baselli in Miami, Jeff Lagerman here in Jackson. No, I got you. you. Was that a question yeah, or was that yeah, a comment? Yeah, I wanted you to I comment what that was. on the national narrative of, yeah, the, the October game doesn't really matter anymore, and the Steelers are the Steelers, and well, the yeah, Jags are the Jaguars. Because this is the reason why. This is a team 
and the Steelers that is uh, – I can see you making those motions, JP. You're on video, so stop Good. making those faces. <laughs> I mean, this isn't like Thursday Good. nights. I'm glad you saw. On the, yeah, uh, it's great doing the tele, uh, the radio broadcast. Um, it's a it's a team, and rightfully so. The Steelers have been one of the best teams in the in the NFL, winning 11, 11 out of twelve, and really should have beat the Patriots based on a freaky end of game call. Uh, no, well, wait a minute. Now, they didn't so deserve to beat the Patriots after that, that terrible call. Yeah, that was their own doing, by yeah. the way. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to okay, say that the that Steelers should have beaten okay, the, the Patriots. So. Okay, great. They're 11 out of 12 still, nonetheless. <laughs> With that, this Jaguar team stumbled down the, uh, down the strip, losing two of their last regular season games, and I think all of us would agree it was not the prettiest performance week one wild card weekend in the playoffs while they beat the Bills. While we are all fine with it and we understand what this team is and how they play and how they win, it's still a team and organization that is looking for respect from on the national stage, looking for uh, people to uh, recognize that this is one of the best defenses in all football, that it's an offense that has been more productive than it showed in the playoffs, and that it's a dangerous team when they're all shooting on all cylinders. So I understand why, but and I don't think it's right. But it doesn't surprise me one bit, does it? You? No, no, not at all. No, it's to, it's to be expected, and that's that's just the way it is. And the other the other reason too, Tony, and I talked about this earlier, is that you know you you're talking about a storied franchise, and for the casual observers, you know, you're talking about a storied franchise, and any mention of of a non-storied franchise against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, it kind of becomes an afterthought, you know, from the casual football fan. So, and that's the majority of the fans are casual. I mean, they're not diehard, breaking down tape and checking out all the matchups and seeing what happened before and watching the All-22 on a subscription to NFL.com, even though it's kind of what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the casual fan. No, I'm not the casual I mean, fan. Come on, that's, your, that's the story. Hey, Tony, um, Jags have first and 10 from the 25, their first offensive play of the game. What are you calling? I'm going play action, and I'm taking a shot. I'm running a vertical route with something over the middle and a check down. But I'm doing it off play action, and I'm sending the message immediately to the Steelers' defense that I'm going to be aggressive today because that's not what they were at all against Buffalo. And the and the play action the throws in the middle of the field. Hmm. No, I'm saying I have a, I have a vertical outside. Hmm. I have something uh, in the middle of the field, and I have a check down. Where do you throw the ball? Well, to the open guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm telling, I'm telling Blake as we prep for it, as, as we prep. The first read is, listen, if we get single high, which you're going to on first down to start this game, if we're in a uh, 21 personnel, a run look, look outside. I put Keelan Cole, by the way, because I think he's your best deep threat. And I'd say go vertical and let's take a chance. Let's yeah, take a shot that, early see what happens. Yeah, and I think that they're going to be aggressive. I mean, you look at uh, Baltimore game and the Indy game. I mean, they were aggressive to the outside. And that's, I think, where that's the less, the, the less risky uh, of being aggressive is to the outside, you know. So, uh, so I expect them to do that to be aggressive on the outside. But I, you know, is it first down? Is it second down? 
You know, I just I don't want it to see it. I don't want to see it once, or you come out and you say, "Okay, hey, guess what? We're here to play." I want to see it throughout. I mean, I want I want to see this team be aggressive. Period. You know, and get 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 points early. If you get points early, I mean, this game will go exactly the way you want. I mean, this team plays different when they get an early aggressive score from their offense. They haven't done a lot of that as of late, though. Yeah, so get that early Jeff, lead. What do you... Go Jeff, ahead, if this team gets an early lead, let's say they, they, they if they get if they get an early lead and find themselves up thirteen three, start of the second quarter. The Jaguars, uh, the way I feel, I ask you, they aren't. I think they win the football game. Because I don't, I don't care if it's the Steelers. I don't care if it's the Patriots. I don't care who it is with this defense. I have confidence with the two-possession lead that you're going to win the game. Conversely, if they're down 10, uh, you know, 13-3 or down two scores, I worry about them being able to come back. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with that, the, the second part of that, where you're talking about the ability to come back. But, you know, I mean, you're talking about a Pittsburgh team quarterback that's been in 20 career playoff games got great weapons on offense is a two possession game enough early or two possession lead enough to say this game is over I don't see that you know I think this is going to be a dog fight to the end and uh because they have that I don't think type you have as much confidence as I do in the court in the defense well I mean I've got confidence in the defense I do I, I think if you have a, a two possession lead that you have a chance, you know, and a great chance. But I also know that, look, that, that, that football team's been there. It's done that, you know, and, and it's not like, you know, and here's the thing. Let's say Ben throws a pick, you know, and they're down. It's a two-possession game and he throws a pick. Yeah. Well, well, guess what? He's thrown 23 picks in the postseason. You know, it's not a big deal, you know. So, uh I think that it's going to be a big be a deal against fight. this defense. Well, it's a big deal against this defense, but you know the Pittsburgh's defense plays pretty good football too. You know, so uh, I think it's going to be a challenging game. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's one of those games or a team that you can say, okay, two possession lead in the first half, it's over. I think if you say, okay, two possession lead, well, I'm not saying it's over. Right, right, right. Challenging game. Yeah. Challenging game and, and one, if you do have an early lead, the, the likelihood of winning, and I'll be on board with you on this, the likelihood of winning if this team is able to get an early lead is significant. I like that. I like those chances. Uh, we'll come back. Tony Vaselli down in Miami. Jeff Lagerman, J.P. Shatterk in Jacksonville. We'll come back with some of the matchups for the Jags defense against the playmakers for the Steelers. A little later, can the Jags – Get this. Restore the roar in the run game. <laughs> we'll break that down as well. Check out Jack Hedania's Audi Jacksonville on Blanding. You can lease a beautiful new A3 from just $2.29 a month. Head over today for details. It's Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio. The way you respect the receiver is going out there and giving it to all when you play. So I go out there, and that's what I do every Sunday. So I respect every receiver I go up against. Uh, it's not many receivers I'm going to come in here in front of y'all and say they're one of the best in the nation. I mean, one of the best in the league because that's not true. He is, though. That's the truth about him. So that's it is what it is. I ain't, I'm not going to 
I'm gonna go out there and play. Nothing different. Yeah, nothing different for Jalen Ramsey. He's uh, he respects everybody. He's got great respect for Antonio Brown. Sure, great and respect. He said so after the game uh, back in Week Five. Jaguars Thursday continues. JP Shatterk, Jeff Lagerman, Tony Baselli on the line with us from down in Miami. Uh, this was a quote though from from this week from Jalen Ramsey. And yeah, well, the he, reason I the reason I bring that up is because uh, I remember after the game going in the locker room post game, and I go to talk to Jalen after doing. The interview with the head coach Doug Marone, week five. Yes. Okay. And and he was, you know, Jalen. I mean, first of all, like AJ Green, soft. He's soft. You know, doesn't have a lot of good things to say about him. Jalen, even after the game, had nothing but glowing things to say about Antonio Brown. Jalen's got great respect for his skill set and his competitiveness and his production. I mean, he. And Jalen doesn't show a lot of, res- you know, I'm talking about that kind of respect Vocal, to many people. Right, right, right. But A.B. is one of them. Yeah, hey, uh, Tony, this is, a, this is one of those playoff matchups. It's you against Bruce Smith. It's, you know, the, the ISO camera on this matchup because it's a first-team all-pro wide receiver, a first-team all-pro corner, and they're going to be going at it for 60 minutes. Well, this is where you're going to make a name for yourself even bigger than you already have. Now, it's different. I mean, when I you mentioned the Bruce Smith matchup, I was you know a second year player, uh, not at the stage where Jalen is. I mean, Jalen was first team All Pro. I was not my second year, right. and but that was an opportunity by going on the stage. And Jeff will I believe echo this for any player when you do it in the playoffs, it's different. And then when you do it against one of the best players to uh, you know play the game during your era it adds even more attention and notoriety to you. And that was a big game for me individually and obviously as as a franchise. And so Jalen's already all pro. He's already respected. But this could take him to another level where if he goes out and has a great performance, where all of a sudden, hands down, he is the best corner in football. And you start talking about him like you talked about Darrell Revis a number of years ago where it was Revis Island, where everyone knew that he was the best corner in football. Deion Sanders. Richard he has Sherman. that opportunity. That's exactly right. Yeah. So a uh, big game for him could, could go a long way, uh, no doubt about that. That's not the only matchup this week. I mean, Le'Veon Bell's going to be all over the field. You'd have to think that Telvin Smith is the leading candidate to kind of keep up with him. Is that accurate, Jeff? Well, I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't think you have to have Telvin on him. And the reason I say that is I don't think Le'Veon Bell's that fast. You know, I mean, I think Miles Jack can do it. Telvin can do it. Uh, you know, because, I mean, you also kind of probably want to look at some of the other matchups and see what you feel about, you know, the matchups to, you know, tight end or, or you know, if you're in the zone package, you know. But I don't, I don't think they'll be playing a ton of man, you know. So, but look, I mean, look, the Jaguars got two linebackers that can cover Le'Veon Bell. You know, the, the biggest thing with Le'Veon Bell is, is you almost want to kind of bracket him is to have two guys on him, and then when he comes out of the backfield and he does that little hop step, but you know, and you don't know which way he's going to go off of that, you got one guy covering him if he goes left and the other guy covering him if he goes right. <laughs> Man, he's that highly targeted. I mean, we're talking about 85 catches in, in the regular season, which is crazy. I mean, we were talking with Doug Marone on 407 touches on the season. He's 10th in the National Football League in receptions with 85. That's crazy, you know. So, 
whoever's covering him, uh, I, I would actually even think about having two on him. Not on AB. Jeff, but you, Jeff, will you talk about you? You like the matchup of Telvin or Miles Jack against Le'Veon Bell? Here's the caveat, because out of the backfield, I understand that, but he will split out in their no back, empty formation, and he's a dangerous receiver, and one of the few backs that has some wide receiver skills when it comes to running routes out there, and so you do. It'll be interesting to see how they match up against him when he's out in that position, if they maybe go with one of the safeties to cover him, or maybe it is Telvin because of his speed and his change of direction ability because watching the film and watching him and watching historically what he's been able to do as a wide receiver, is it's very impressive. Yeah, he's, 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 he's good, but I don't consider him a great receiver. You know, as far as a guy that catches the ball, he's a threat to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see him as that. I see him as a move-the-chains type of wide receiver. You know, so uh, you might end up having Tashawn Gibson on him. Uh, I don't think Barry Church will draw that matchup, but I think Tashawn, Telvin, Miles Jack, I think they can handle him. You know, and whoever's covering him is going to have to do a good job because you don't want him to be – Moving the chains every opportunity that he gets. Hey, Tony, i got to ask you about the Steelers' offensive line. They have three pro bowlers up front. Uh, Big Ben is... Who uh, are they? Who are the pro bowlers up front? But Pouncey, right, is one of them. Pouncey, Villanueva. DeCastro. Mm-hmm. And David DeCastro. Yeah. So there you okay. go. He's been sacked. Roethlisberger's been sacked 21 times this year. Um, do they live up to that advanced billing? Are they that good up front, the Steelers? Uh, they're good. I don't think they're great. Um, they're the funny thing. If in my opinion, and I'd love to hear what Jeff thinks watching them, they're a finesse offensive line. Most of their game is out of a two point stance. Most of it is position blocking. Most of it just getting on guys and trying to wall them off and occupy them and allow Le'Veon Bell to pick his hole. This is not a, this is not the Steelers power football team. This is not the Steelers big nasty offensive line that comes off the ball and just mauls you to death. Um, They're just not that. They're a finesse group. That's how they play. That's their game plan. That's the scheme they play in. Uh, Are they good? Yes. I think the Castro is a very good guard. Uh, I think that um, Pouncey is an outstanding center. I think Villanueva is just an okay left tackle. I don't think he's great. No, I don't don't think he's great either. I think he's uh, a little stiff at times. I think it's a, a matchup that Yannick Ngakwe and Calais ought to have a pretty good day against him. He's a guy that, that likes to t- try to knock the hands down so he doesn't have to use his legs and feet to move, you know, to try to bury a guy in the turf. You know, the, the Steelers, though, could be getting a boost with the return of Marcus Gilbert at right tackle. You know, he's a good football player, and uh, he's a bigger tackle than what they've been had playing there, Chris Hubbard has been the right tackle, and, and them getting Marcus Gilbert back in the lineup, I think, gives them a boost because he's a good football player. Got to get to Ben, though, this week, right? Well, you can get to Ben. I mean, look, you, you, you impacted the, the, the way that he threw the ball in the last meeting. And, and look, you got I – mean, right now, Malik Jackson right now is pass rushing like an animal. I mean, he is on top of his game. I think it's a great matchup, him against – 
Ramon Foster and Dave DeCastro. I think he he's going to be able to get some things done. Clay's Campbell is an absolute beast against anybody. I mean, it, it, the the game that he had last week, and even going back to the game at Tennessee, which really, what's the purpose of that game other than to try to win? Mm-hmm. I thought Clay's had a very strong game, two strong games in a row. Clay's matches up well against anybody. Uh, Dante Fowler against Marcus Gilbert, if he's kind of not back up the speed, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're talking about somebody that could impact it over there. So I, I feel good about it. I feel real good about that matchup. The matchup that I worry about is, you know, number 26, Le'Veon Bell, being a consistent, effective runner mm-hmm. that keeps this defense off balance. Yeah. That's what I worry about. Yeah, that could be dangerous for sure. Um how many sacks for the Jeff, the only caveat I'll – Oh, go ahead, Tony. I was going to say, the only caveat I put in there is the fact that this is not the same Ben Roethlisberger that we played earlier in the year, week five. And, Jeff, you and I talked about it back then. He looked like he had retired or mm-hmm. was in the back of his mind. And it was a team that lost to Chicago. We know how bad they were this year. He is a different player. His on this, you know, on the second half of the season, I think his quarterback rating is a 102. He's throwing it very well. He is being very efficient. I mean, this is a different guy than we faced the first time. Now, the one good thing is, is that he will hold the ball. Now, he doesn't hold it as long as he used to, where he was always trying to make plays with his legs. But he will hold the ball. And that's where there's opportunities to get some hits, get some sacks, and maybe uh, create some turnovers in the pocket. I agree with you that, I mean, obviously, when trust me, what Tony's talking about, we were both, you know, came away from watching the film leading up to that game in October. We were like, man, number seven looks like he's he's already hung his cleats up. You know, he's just getting a check. I mean, that's what it looked like. I mean, it looked like he was playing the game to get a, ch- a paycheck. Maybe it shook him up. And I think it did. I think it did. And then he obviously, as Tony alluded to, his quarterback rating since then has been very good. But I, I st- he still does some things that aren't good, you know. Uh, you know, in the, the, the most noticeable one, you go to that New England game. And I'm not saying that this is the only reason I say this or this is the only example because I've seen examples of it in other games to where Ben makes decisions that aren't good. But that decision at the end of that New England game, for him in a clock situation to throw a quick slant into traffic and it got intercepted and they lost the game in which they had all they had to do was kick a field goal and go to overtime, it was terrible. It was terrible. And I think Ben's just got the ability to make mistakes like that at times. And I think that even though he has improved since the meeting in October – he still shows still shows signs of making mistakes, and I think the Jaguars' defense are going to show it. Are going to show those signs and show how the mistakes uh, that he makes, uh, you know, are going to be to the Jaguars' benefit. I believe that. I like it. We'll uh, return in just a moment. We'll flip it around. Jaguars' offense trying to get back on track this week. Yes, can they restore the roar in the run game for the running backs? We'll also get to the picks in the division round coming up around the corner. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. 
Visit PRIproductions.com. It's Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio. Great thing about Blake is he has he has these legs on him that uh, that really can change the momentum of a game, and um, it just kind of came down, you know, going into the win. It was if you had a clean shot at it, clean perfect throw, go ahead and take it. If not, take off and run. And uh, he started doing that very well, and then uh, kind of switched to some of those read options and stuff like that. And he made those things work, and I mean that's the good thing about Blake, make things work. Nathaniel Hackett, Jaguars offensive coordinator, discussing last week's offensive output from the quarterback, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. Tony Maselli on the line from Miami. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's the, the the safety valve, if you will, for this offense, that if everything else is broken down, which it was last week, Tony, the uh, quarterback can, can bail you out, and he did at least in key moments of that game last week. But you don't want to have to lean on that every single time out here. No, it's not sustainable. I mean, that's not a sustainable model to count on the quarterback scrambling out of the pocket because there's so many different things that can happen and go wrong. And if your offensive game plan is uh, predicated on, Hey, we're going to get, you know, broken plays and him scrambling for first downs. That's the recipe for disaster. It was amazing to me though, when you know, we were calling the game and you could see that the passing game wasn't working. Yeah. And then Blake was missing, like the one that he missed uh, was crossing route. He misses, and then he missed Alan Hearns on an in and out. Mm-hmm. And Hearns, he was just, I mean, wide open. And the feet, Boral's feet were just, you know, they weren't very, very good. You know, they're pointing this way, and the ball's supposed to go the other way. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden, there was a point in the game, and you're looking at the stat sheet, and you go, okay, Didi's got some catches. Okay, Marquise, none. Hernsey, none. Uh, Keelan Cole, none. And you go, oh, my. Yeah. I mean, three wide receivers that don't have a catch, and they're really your top wide receivers, you know, and and Dee's the only one that's got a catch. Yeah, they barely got a look, much less a catch. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, hmm. I, I put a lot of that, you know, on Blake, but I also put a lot of, bit, a lot of that on Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator. And and I think that, that that was kind of their plan. Be very conservative. Don't screw it up. Don't turn the ball over and win it with defense, which, hey, it worked. You know, but, I, I you know, this week in Pittsburgh, that plan won't work. Mm-mm. Hey, can this offensive line, uh, how can they hold up against this defensive group for the Steelers, Tony? Well, you know what? The problem is it's the offensive line is not – Play consistent, and it's not the same production where you're, you've, we saw early in the year uh, out of the run game. Now, I don't put that all on the offensive line. I think it's a combination of the offensive line and Leonard Fournette. I don't think Leonard Fournette looks right. I don't think he's 100. percent I don't see uh, Jeff. Correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of guys. Uh, I don't see a lot of uh, plays being made uh, above the X's and O's, making guys miss. Uh, if there's not a clear hole, there's not a lot of stuff going on. So, uh, and I think the tight ends, I don't think Marlos says Lewis played very well last week. I thought physically, uh, he got pushed back quite a bit. I don't think it was very good on the edges, uh, with him or Koyak. So, uh, it's not just the offensive line. It's the entire, uh, the entire group, uh, when it comes to the run game, but they have to play better. They have to be able to run the ball 
effectively uh, if they're going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, and, and you know, look, uh, right tackle Jeremy Parnell, you know, didn't have a good game last week. You know, uh, he hasn't been able to get a lot of movement. You know, he's he was looked like he was hurt. Actually, came out for a bit, and and I think Josh Wells went in for him for a bit. And then he came back, and then when he came back, he was I think for the most part ineffective as a run blocker. He was just kind of getting in the way of guys, and you know that's not really what you want to do. I mean, the whole goal is to move people. But I mean, Tony's right, and and we've had this conversation for many weeks now, and it's it's not a surprise that that Leonard Fournette is doesn't appear to be a hundred percent. You know, from what we saw earlier in the year. You see, you see the get the, the way he runs is different now than where you, where you compared it to earlier in the season. You can tell that there's not the, the decisive cuts where he plants his foot and goes a certain direction. He's not doing that. You can see that he's kind of short stepping. You know, when when you short step, it's kind of an indicator that something's wrong with a wheel. You know, so maybe you have an ankle or you got a knee or something's just not quite right. And the finish is not there where he's powering for three yards when contact happens at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. you know. And look, that's – and I'm not – you know, people are well, not downing him. And that's part of the thing is that when you get through 17 games – okay, I know he hasn't played them all. But when you get to this point, nobody's healthy. Nobody's 100%. Nobody's feeling like they've got great spring in their step. And so you kind of – you're fighting through things. And I'm going to go back and, and say this again, and that, you know, I'd like to see Leonard Fournette, you know, his carries be somewhere in that range of, you know, of 20. And I'd like to see, you know, Corey Grant get an opportunity because he's got great speed and he's got great uh, home run ability when he gets in the open field. Let him get a, let him get some touches, you know. And, uh, Tony, you probably would say the same thing. You know, last week we saw that one play on the kind of the read option of Corey Grant, and, and it was – the one guy, just one guy, barely gets him, and if he doesn't get him, you know, Corey Grant's in a foot race to the end zone, you know, with a safety in a corner, the only guys that can stop him. Well, Jeff, and if I remember thinking back at that time, and it was confirmed when I watched the film, if Blake Bortles would have held, well, he probably should have pulled it there uh, because it was a read option, and the end actually closed down. Blake should have pulled that. But I think that's a great scheme that would would really stress that defensive end because if he holds back at all on Blake Bortles, the speed and explosiveness of Corey Grant will make them pay. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the two backs that have home run ability are Fournette and Grant. Now, T.J. Yeldon, okay, no offense, J.P. No, but no, he's going to – he can't – I know he's from Alabama. Right, but he doesn't have that closing home run speed. He doesn't. Okay, never has, and Chris Ivory doesn't either. Okay, they're not running away. They're not going to the end zone for fifty yards. In fact, we were trying to figure out, and we did this earlier today. When's the last time that Fournette Tony had? And ask you, what what, what do you think the last time Leonard Fournette had a run of thirty yards? Well, wasn't Cleveland game just under thirty, like twenty four? It was a 29-yarder in that game. 29? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Pittsburgh's 80-yarder. <laughs> oh, no, the Los Angeles Rams, 75-yarder. That's right. That's it. The Rams. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you even look back at the last Chicago – I mean, the last uh, Pittsburgh game, excuse me, and until that 90-yard run, he was averaging three yards a carry. Hmm. 
Yeah, he was, but they were they were effective. You know, I, you know, I think they were effective yards in that game. You know, to where you know, look, the chains were moving, and he's and he's looking, and and Tony, when he was getting those three yards in that game, they were earned. You know, they were him physical three powering yards. for right. those three yards. You know, in in the last couple games, you know, you haven't really gotten that impression that they've been good three yards or that they have been, you know, powering. He's earned those yards with him, his effort. Let me ask you this way, guys. Um, the running back situation, you're, uh, they've been sitting the guy down. Last week it was Yeldon because he had the illness. Who do you sit down? Who's inactive for this game? If, I think it's Corey Grant. Mark? You think Grant's inactive? Yes. No way. No, I'm not quite Chris Ivory. I'm sorry. What are they talking about? Say, Chris, what the heck? Chris Ivory. <laughs> so Ivory's in it. And Yell yes, will be. Yeah, he's up. the one. Yes. I would agree. Yeah. I, I think that uh, Chris Ivory, you know, because if you go back to when they were all healthy and available, he was the one that was inactive the last time. And obviously, TJ, this past week, because of the illness. Uh, and TJ, I think, look, does a great job in pass protection. He. You know, you're not concerned about ball security, okay, with TJ, even though he's put it on the carpet, okay. But he hasn't done it as much as Chris Ivory. And Corey Grant is obviously a special teams player, got great speed, and hopefully they utilize him more this week uh, as a runner because I think that he can give them something. And and if they can find a way to get him the ball in space, he he's, he can change things now. Yeah, I, and I really believe that. I'm not saying that, you know, he's, he needs to start, you know, and, and get 20, 20 carries. It's not, it's not what I'm saying, and that's not what Tony's saying. Just get him some touches. When you got speed like that, let him have it. Taillights, they used to call him. Hey, we'll come back and go around the league. We'll pick the games in the divisional round. There's a new leader in the season-long picks. We'll get to that when we come back as well. Experience Everbank Field in an entirely new way on a fully guided behind-the-scenes private tour. See why the Travel Channel included Everbank Field on the list of bucket list destinations for football fans. Visit Jaguars.com for more information. Final moments of Jaguars Thursday after this on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back to the HananiahAutos.com studio. Jaguars Thursday continues right now. Check out Jack Hanania's Audi Jacksonville on Blanding. You can lease a beautiful new A3 from just $2.29 a month. Head over today for details. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logham, and Tony Baselli. Jaguars Thursday. Uh, how about Le'Veon Bell today, uh, fellas? Saying, uh, asked about uh, if the team would franchise him or put a tag on him, uh, that he would consider sitting out or even retiring. This is during open locker room. Well, I, I, I got two questions. And he comes out later today with a statement saying, oh, I just want to win the Super Bowl and play for the team and do all this. My first question would be, why is that question even being asked? Because it, it's, it's playoffs, okay? We're not talking about next year's contract. So it was a ridiculous question, and Le'Veon Bell should have treated it as such. No, it was a ridiculous question for the timing. From a timing well, still, standpoint, it's a fair question. From a, from timing, a timing standpoint, it's a ridiculous question. Okay, and even maybe what might have been even more ridiculous was Le'Veon giving it any kind of credence and answering it. 
What he should have said was, look, um, haven't you checked that this is playoff time? Do you think I'm worried about like, you know, the contract status for next year? I mean, that's a conversation to have after the season is over. Thank you. Right? Yeah, well, you'd think. That's a good Tony, thing for the Jags, Tony, though. isn't that the way you handle that? Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, and number, another ridiculous thing is he will play if they franchise him because he's not going to walk away from $12, $14, 15000000 million, whatever it is. Come on, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> right. And of course, he later comes out with a statement. Oh, I just yeah, I'd like to find out. All this stuff. That's what, dumb. Did, it's, a, it's, a dumb, it's a dumb question. It's a dumb comment. It's a dumb everything. Now, he's see, playing w- next year. if it's a Jacksonville reporter – it's not a really question. a dumb question. It's a great question. <laughs> what a, wow. So, Brent Martin, so, well done. So who did it? Who asked <laughs> I'm, the question? I'll have to find, do a little more research on that. But, yes, we'll, uh, we'll find that out. Um, interesting. Hey, let's get to some picks. The results from last week, though, in the wild card Wasn't round good. are in. Not good for you and I, but Tony Baselli is the new leader for the season because the points counted double last week. He was 3-1, and one, so he's really 6-2. and two. So for the season, he's 157-91. Uh, we, I was were, we were two and two. Two and two, yeah. so uh, a game back still, and uh, logs your ba- way back in the cellar. All so, right. There you go. So, Tony Baselli, the first pick is yours because you're in first place now for the season. Why does he get to pick first? No, because that's the way it works. The first place person gets to pick first in all these games. Oh. And I've been picking first for the last three months because I'm in first place all year. I got you, year. I got you, I got okay, you. Okay, so, uh, Tony, let's start off with Saturday's a game you'll be doing at 4.35 kickoff time for the NFC Divisional Playoff. The Falcons in Philly against the Eagles. What a game that's going to be. I've gone back and forth like five different times, and I think I've picked both teams like three times, um, depending on who I've been talking to. So I'm going to flip a coin because I think it's a super close game, and I'm going to go Philly. Okay, Philly at home with Foles and everything. I'm going to go Atlanta. The Falcons are, this is their time of year. They're back kind of in their groove a little bit after last week. Tough road game, I get it. But it's still the Atlanta Falcons, and they still have Ryan and Jones and all the rest. So, Atlanta. I mean, they might they might do it. But uh, when you're talking about close games, i I got to take the home team. I'm taking the Eagles. Okay. Philly uh, has the advantage here. Uh, Saturday night, 8-15 Eastern time, the AFC Divisional Playoff, the Titans and the Patriots in Foxborough. Patriots. Just, just move on, Patriots. Logs? Do it. No, you're next. You're picking next. Do it. You're, you're, you're the no, second no, no. pick. Am I second? Okay. Yeah, you are because you're in second place. Yeah, let me go right? to New England because I'm not an idiot. Um... I'm going to take the Titans. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know what? If they run the ball, same kind of thing, right? If they, they get an early lead, some weird things happen. I'm just, I'm just, look, I'm just right? saying AFC title game in Jacksonville. Oh, that would be nice, right? And you'd know ahead of time if that's possible. And I, I, I hope it happens. Okay. So there you have it. He's going with Tennessee. Uh, then it comes down to Sunday. We all have the Jags, right? Tony? Yep. Jags. Jags, Jags, Jags. Sunday, 440, Saints at the Vikings, mm. Minneapolis. Good one. Tony. This is another one I picked both teams this week. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go New Orleans. 
Okay, New Orleans Saints on the road. I'm going Minnesota at home. Yes, Case Keenum is the quarterback. I get Vikings. It. Yeah, Minnesota. That defense is pretty darn good in Minnesota. So there you have it. Uh, do they still count double this week? I guess. Yeah, double still. Uh, yep. Do we move them up to triple? No, that's a great uh, Double the next round. Double triple. Week, then it goes four, it goes four times next week. Well, Tony's scared. Well, it sounds it's, like. it's triple. Okay, triple, fine, triple, fine. All right, triple. So two times it by three. Okay, we'll do that. Trying to give myself an opportunity. Well, you need all the help you can get, for sure. And Tony's trying to protect his lead, so he's trying to minimize the points. Had his one-game lead in the standings. Uh, Okay, final thoughts here about Jaguars-Steelers coming up on Sunday. It is a a team in Pittsburgh that – you all right there, Logs? You just kicked the desk. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, A team in Pittsburgh that has unbelievable playoff experience (laughs) – Ben Roethlisberger has 20 playoff starts in his career. He's 13 and 7. Blake Bortles has one playoff start, he's and he's undefeated. 1-0. He's no, undefeated. No, 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 no. He's undefeated. Yes, undefeated. A perfect winning percentage of the playoffs after one game. Experience matters, but but that's why they play the games too. You can go up there and win this football game. I just think that if if you can find a way to have some early success, you know, whether it be, you know, being aggressive on offense, you know, defensive takeaway, uh, stealing a possession, you know, getting a takeaway on special team, something. All of a sudden you've got a, a Pittsburgh team that, you know, is feeling pretty good about itself that, you know, rested its starters in the last game. And you, you got doubt creeping in, you know, and I, and I think that that's important to find a way – to, to insert that doubt in their mind. And I think that this team plays at a, at, a, at a super high level when they get scores early in games. And it's almost like a snowball that, you know, it just doesn't take but just a slight push at the beginning, and then it just it goes. And I think they find a way or they're going to try to find a way to get that early success in this ball game. What do you think, Tone? I think they need to have a plus two turnover margin. Uh, the defense needs to create, you know, either the score themselves or some scoring opportunities for the offense. And if they do that, they'll win the football game. That easy. All right. So if if you need to get two takeaways, mm. okay, Ben, okay, he's thrown some some interceptions now. Okay, he's it's not like he's thrown a, a whole lot of interceptions. Well, he's thrown twenty three in his playoff career. Oh, in his playoff career. Yes. Okay. You know yeah. so. You know, why Why don't you think that you can find a way to get some off of him in this game? It's possible, right? You know, the last time he, you know, had a meaningful game, you know, was what, against Houston? Meaningful game? Well, I mean, a game in which he played. Oh, you mean like a, I, mean, I thought you meant a meaningful game was the was the Patriots game, really. Yeah, and he didn't do so well he in that game, no, did he? No, no, hmm. Towards the end. Uh, you take away the five picks uh, against the Jags. He had nine picks the rest of the so, season. Look, there's there's a lot of great matchups in this game. I mean, Antonio Brown and, and Ramsey is going to be a great matchup. Uh, Cam Robinson against T.J. Watt. I mean, it's a great matchup against rookie players. You know, Le'Veon Bell versus Telvin Smith versus Miles Jack. Great matchup, great battle. Cam Hayward. Who is a, and we haven't even talked about him yet. He is a fantastic football player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the veteran defensive end. He had 12 sacks this year. 12 sacks. Super strong, super powerful, uh, every down lineman, leader on that defense. 
You know, him against anybody is going to be a marquee matchup must watch because he's that good of a football player. You know, and also watching to find out, you know, what's going on with their, you know, the injuries. You know, supposedly they had to it with an elbow this week. They had Artie Burns came up with some kind of a, what was it, a knee or something on the injury report? You know, yeah, so, knee injury. Yep. So something to watch for with that. And then the rematch, you know, Leonard Fournette and Mike Mitchell. They're going to meet again. You know, what's that going to look like? You know, I mean, there's a lot of things to, that I can't wait to see on Sunday. Hey, Tony, what about uh, Cam and, and T.J. Watt or whoever they rush on that side against him? Oh, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about Cam. I'm worried about uh, Cameron Hayward. That's the guy I worry about. Mm-hmm. You know, the outside rushers, they're, they're good players. They're not great players, though. You know, it's it's Hayward inside. Uh, Vince Williams, your linebacker, is a very good blitzer. He has a bunch of sacks. Uh, that's what I worry about. I, I don't think – I mean, T.J. Watson will be a nice player uh, as he gets older. He's a rookie. You know, had a nice year, good year for a rookie. But I, he's not a difference maker that scares me. Hey, just remember uh, in our mock draft on uh, Jaguars Thursday in the offseason, remember who picked T.J. Watt to go to the Steelers late in the first round. Congratulations. That's great. I'm just good telling job. you. I just wanted to remind you again that uh, I got that one right for the Steelers, and I beat you guys both in the, in the mock draft. Uh, you've, right. got, you've got the Eagles game, too, and you're going to drive, right, Tony, from, from Philly to Pittsburgh? Yeah, I'll be pulling into Pittsburgh about one thirty-two in the morning, so that'll be uh... – It'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. I love playoff football. Be able to call a playoff game, you know, two playoff games in one weekend. I mean, what a great, what a great privilege, and uh, it'll be really cool to do. Yeah. So the uh, the Eagles game, the uh, Saturday football game, the 4:35 kickoff there. What's the weather in Philly going to be? Uh, it's like in the mid 40s. Uh, mid 40s. I think there's a chance of rain, wow. uh, and then I'll be. What? Driving into the freezing cold weather of Pittsburgh, 18 <laughs> degrees last time I checked, Mr. Lagerman. How can it go from 40 to like 18 just going across the state? No idea. It's a big state. My question is, are you going to dress uh, a little warmer than you did oh, uh, when we were in Tennessee? You should have heard him cry in the first show. I am tonight. ready. I, I, have, uh, I, have, I have taken uh, some items from my cold weather deer hunting closet. Okay. I tried to tell him, JP, when we went to Tennessee, he's like, oh, I'll be fine. Uh, I'm layered up. Yeah, he was, he, was, <laughs> he was far from fine. Wait till you see me this time. You look like the kid in uh, Christmas Story, the little I, brother. I will. Coming out. Uh, I will. I'm just, uh, the one thing I'm still trying to figure out is something for my feet. You know? Like, I might get some, like, super big insulated boots or something. You, you guys know? are soft. I'm telling you. You are. I forgot. I was going to bring, you know, Tony, I got these little, they're like, they're called boot booties, you know, and you take yeah, them yeah. and you slip them on on the outside of your boots and they're insulated. And I was going to grab them and I forgot to grab them. So I'm well, going to see if I can find problem. some. I can't even believe I'm listening to this right now. It's cold, man. Well, you guys just stand cold. up, move around it's a little cold. bit during the game. You know, get some get some blood flowing. Yeah. Right? Well, but hopefully the the broadcast booth will have some type of heater going to where we can get you know. Well, see, you're, with that mentality, you're already beat. You're already beat before you get to Pittsburgh. <laughs> no, no, no. Good, no. Thing, it doesn't, good thing it doesn't matter. <laughs> you guys are already beat. No, I'm, I'm, Hillgrove and the rest of those guys are going to beat you because guess what? 
You're already beat by the weather. That's all right. I will be warm, JP. I can tell you that. (laughs) I will be very warm. Should be a fun one, though. Jags, Steelers. The Jags got them back in week five. Uh, Tony, we will talk to you. Uh, on the over the weekend here on Sunday for yeah, the public tailgate I'll see show. Sunday, I'll see you Sunday morning. Okay, sounds good. Tony Baselli down south with us tonight. Yeah, it, this is fun, man. Playoff football. The the town's a buzz, and boy, if they win this game, it don't matter where they play the AFC Championship game, whether it's here against Tennessee or on the road in New England. If they win this game and get to the AFC Championship for the third time in franchise history, it's over the top next week. Well, it would be, you know, look, here's the thing, and I, I kind of look at it. If the Jaguars win, whether you go to New England or whether you come back here to face Tennessee, I mean, both of them are good. First, because, and the reason I say that, first of all, having an AFC title game here would be unbelievable. Oh, yeah. But also, the, the matchup, you know, the opportunity of going to New England to face the greatness of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick with a defense that I said earlier in the year that this defense can match up with the Patriots, seeing that would be incredible. And all you've got to do is beat Pittsburgh, and then you have that opportunity of, of one of two things, a historic matchup against a Hall of Fame quarterback and coach, or... AFC title game here. Against a team that's beaten you twice already this year. We know that storyline here very well. Logs well done. We'll see you, or talk to you this weekend in Pittsburgh. Tony Baselli, Max Hockman, Joe Fortunato. For everybody on our crew, I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio.